Things may change on a permanent basis. That was the word from Singapore's Communications and Information Minister S. Iswaran. And on the Riyabu podcast today, we're going to look at exactly that, how things are changing if you are in business during this uh, COVID-19 crisis, and what things might you need to change on a permanent basis. Simon Littlewood, they always say that within crises, there's always an opportunity. Um, but the, the minister's words are, um, are obviously quite weighty in this regard, and we don't want to make uh, light of the fact that things are changing and not necessarily in, an, in a comfortable way. In essence, he said, uh, we cannot be complacent because this is a very dynamic situation. We're discovering new things every day in terms of the spread of, of uh, this virus. But he added that people need to get accustomed to the idea that some of the changes we are putting in place may in fact have to be in place for a longer period and maybe even be on a more permanent basis. In that Bloomberg interview, I guess we could extrapolate that to how companies interact with their customers too. Yes. No doubt about it. I mean, um, I think the Singapore, the way the Singapore government has handled, handled this has been exemplary. In fact, the World Health Organization, who uh, have praised Singapore, uh, we still have new cases, but the rate of, uh, of new cases has declined significantly. And I, I looked, I looked at a chart which showed that at one point Singapore was behind only China in terms of the rate of new cases. Now it's about 20th or 23rd in the world, something like that. Yes. Uh, so, so, so there's been significant, uh, significant impact. Because of all the changes that have been made, and, and to some extent in business, you, you want to retain the status quo. Sure, you want to improve things, but if the risk is that in trying to improve things, things will fall back, generally people opt for the status quo. But certainly when it comes to payments, it can't well, stay there. The status quo, and I'm talking to clients this very day on this issue, uh, very often, individuals and companies react to crisis by trying to do more of the same even faster. And that's never the solution, okay? If you look at this as, as a moment of truth, what does a moment of truth mean? It means due to a major change in circumstances. This may be ex external, it may be internal. In this case, it's external, it's, it's, it's a virus. Um, there is an opportunity to redefine your relationship, for example, with your customers. You can make a big mess. Or you can show that you really care and you can engage with them in a way that will significantly improve the longevity and closeness of, of your customer relationship. So what does a big mess look like? What should you avoid doing? Well, I mean, a big mess is where you panic because you're running out of cash because people aren't paying your bills and your level of business is declining. Almost everyone is seeing this. Mm. Um, and you start aggressively chasing customers to get the last cent out of them because you're, you see disaster around the corner. The thing is, they're in the same situation, creating an adversarial situation when they may be in, in, in an even worse situation than you, and certainly it's as bad as you. Um, it's not clear that that's very productive. You might get some short-term benefit, but you're gonna do lasting damage in all probability to that relationship. So we've talked about this before, but if you, if you have um, a good, effective uh, customer relationship system, that is, and we're talking specifically in the context, for example, of delivering your product and service and getting paid for it, which at the end of the day is what businesses are all about. Um, if you have a good one in place, you're already quite close to your customer, but if you're not close, close to your customer, now is the time to get close to your customer. And I mean, that's the difference between, for example, chasing him or her for payment or going in to selected customers and asking them how they're doing and trying to understand what their situation is and trying to partner 
on solutions that are going to help you and help them. Yeah. Partner on solutions with your customers? Yes. What, what sort of solutions can you partner with them? On? Well, if the customer is in trouble and is having a problem paying you, for example, the, you can't get blood out of a stone. So, so be, be open to the possibility of cutting a deal that's going to enable you, and, and it's furthermore not in your interest, probably, for your customer's business to go under. You know, so that implies uh, listening to what they have to say, offering practical support, and if necessary, doing a deal on payments with it, which give them oxygen. Because without oxygen, you might get short-term satisfaction, but at the end of the day, you're going to lose a customer, right? Hmm. Um, there are a bunch of other things that you can do. Okay, well, let's zoom in on this one. Yeah. Uh, are you suggesting a discount or a, a deferred? I'm not, I'm not suggesting a discount, but the fact of the and, and, and a lot depends on your own situation. I mean, it, 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 this is not a particularly helpful observation, but a lot of companies in, in Singapore, for example, um, are already under significant working capital stress. We've seen over the last few years, we've seen a clear movement um, against the interests of SMEs. That is to say, small and medium-sized enterprises, which means any company with a, a turnover of less than $100 million Singapore, um, SMEs have seen their overall liquidity decline, whilst larger companies have seen their overall liquidity improve. Essentially, what you're looking at is a dynamic in the marketplace, which allows those with more clout and more market share to, to so manage things that their own cash flow is positive, whereas smaller companies have, have negative. Um, what's happened as a result of that, as SMEs who are looking to pay the bills, fund growth, do whatever, um, have struggled to do that, is that there has been a concerted effort to make money available to those SMEs, but it's been lending from banks and other intermediaries, and it's been relatively expensive. And the problem is that many SMEs are already quite indebted because they've availed themselves of those facilities. And the problem with that is that when you get a real shock to the system, like COVID-19, where suddenly turnover drops, uh, customers themselves are suffering from liquidity issues, um, you've got no room to manoeuvre. Yeah? That's the problem. Yeah? So if you're in that situation, that's an issue. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So back to then, should you offer a discount, a haircut on your bill, or how should you then show that support and that care for your customers? I'm not. A, I think that's that would be a dangerous precedent at the end of the day because, for a number of reasons, um, let's we let's talk about the difference between between. If it, whether, whether you have a reasonably solid balance sheet or whether you have a poor balance sheet. If you have a poor balance sheet, that's a problem. You're going to have to find ways to get funding uh, because there's no short-term probability that things are going to dramatically improve. Yeah, things are likely to continue to be bad. Um, but if you have a comfortable balance sheet, that is, if you have room for manoeuvre, then you might want to consider doing the following. Look at your customers. Discern by doing some analysis, which ones are most important to you in terms of size and margin. It's not just revenue, it's also contribution margin. The concept of customer lifetime value is a useful one. This was developed by banks years ago, but some companies use this. It's a very good way of uh, defining the total long-term value of a particular relationship. If you can rank your customers using customer lifetime value or failing that, uh, the, a simpler proxy would be based on revenue. Mm -hmm. um, get closer to the ones that are going to be important to you in future in terms of size and contribution margin and look at what you can do to help them yeah so that they continue to survive and they also appreciate the fact that you've gone out of your way to understand their situation yes but i keep coming back to what does that mean 
Offer a haircut, a discount, deferred payment? It definitely does not mean offering a discount. Then what? Be, be specific, well, be precise. If you have a strong balance sheet, you can go soft on when they have to pay you, right? That's an obvious So the thing. same amount, no discounts, no haircuts, I just mean, later Absolutely terms. not discounts or haircuts because it's very hard to walk that back. If they think that you can trade successfully at a lower margin, then they're, they're going to say, that's interesting, and that'll, be the, that'll become the new benchmark. So, so don't... I would strongly advise against yielding on price or margin, but if you can afford it, you know, cut them some slack on when they should pay you. And by the way, you should, in, in an ideal world, you would already have got yourself a cushion in terms of potential money that you can borrow. Um, if you haven't, now is the time to do that. There is a lot of liquidity around, notwithstanding the difficulties. Um, if you can demonstrate that you have a viable, viable business model and happy customers, then you'll be able to borrow money. Yeah. Um, there are other things you can do to help reduce, reduce costs for customers by looking at um, automating aspects of your relationship so that they take out costs. Because remember, your customer, to whom you are a supplier, is going to be under operating cost pressure. That is, he's likely to be seeing a reduction in, his, in, his, in the volume of his business, possibly in the margins. Um, so he will be looking aggressively for ways to cut his costs. You can actually help him do that. You can actually help him do that by understanding how much noise there is in transactions from suppliers. Is he good at processing invoices? Is, does he make a mess of it? Does it? Is there lots of rework? Mm -hmm. You can actually shine the light on that by looking at the transactional relationship that you have with him or her and by working collaboratively to show him how he can cut cost noise, I would call it. Mm -hmm. um, in order to do this successfully, one of the first things that you need to do is to get your salesman, and particularly your best salesman, together and frankly share with them what's happening and use their knowledge of the customer because good salesmen will have a good knowledge of what's going on. Use their knowledge of the customer to do two things. One, to identify the important customers who might be amenable to some kind of courtship process where you provide a quid pro quo to keep them honest. And secondly, more importantly, we, you didn't ask me about this, but I think it is important, there will be some that simply ain't going to make it. And there, and there will be signs that salesmen may see uh, that they're not going to make it. Like if they're laying off a lot of people, if there's a lot of kits sitting around the yard, uh, they, could be, they could be hearing all sorts of things from other customers in the market. Mm -hmm. You need to know about that and you need to cut your losses. Those are the ones where you do need to do a deal. Right. You know? so, so don't neglect them. Yeah. Zooming back out, and, and just to conclude then, um, if you don't have a, that strong balance sheet where you can afford to delay payment terms a little, and you've already pointed out not to take a haircut or mm. offer discounts on your services, but is there a way to then do something that may have intrinsic value even if you can't afford to do Well, let, before we get to the, to the other thing, let's look at what, if, you, if you're suffering from a shortage of cash, you may need to look at opportunity. Yeah, obviously, the owners of the company can put money in, but that's not a good thing necessarily. If you can borrow money, that's a good thing. What's important, what's, one of the important things if you're going to borrow money is to have loyal customers. And that's something you could potentially share with customers because they want their business to continue. They want you to continue supplying them. If you demonstrate that you care about that and the customer is prepared to say, yes, we're going to be going on giving you business in future, that's something that your potential lender is going to be interested in. So if you have half a dozen blue chip customers that one way or another are likely to survive, you know, aren't marginal and are committed to a relationship with you in some tangible way, and you can get them to say that, that's going to increase your chances of being able to fund a gap in your balance sheet. So, so I think that's, that's particularly important, yeah? 
Um, other, you know, we talked. You talked about the question of well, what else could you do? Well, yeah. you know, one of the things you can do is you can help your customers figure out where they can get funding from. You know, because there are because they're not always very good at at at, at, uh, at borrowing money, and they may not have enough. If they're, particularly if they're an SME, they may not have enough detail or history or clarity or solidity around their own financials to take them to a lender. You know, I mean, we know that we know that small lenders who lend to SMEs uh, are typically rejecting 40 to 50% of the applications that they get from SMEs, and mainly they reject them because they just don't have enough information, right? Mm, yes. So, 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 so you can help your customers maybe to put a more robust case together because it's in your interest. And again, if you can help them out of this looming crisis, then they're going to be very happy and very loyal. Yeah? Unfortunately, inviting your customers for coffee is no longer an option, considering how social distancing... Isn't that a funny term, social distancing? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, as you and I are both involved in a number of activities which have required us to step back from having people in a room to using some kind of digital solution, you know, like, like a Zoom solution or a Skype solution or, or, or others. Um, the making that a bit of fun is another way to build relationships with customers. I'd like to come and see you, but I can't. What if we have a Zoom call? You know, are, are you, do, you, do you know about this technology? Because then SME may not, right? Mm. Let me let me introduce you to it. You know, yes. let me let me maybe pay a subscription for you. It's only a couple of euros a month, right? Yes. Let's set this up. Let's get our team talking to your team. You know, this is this is something that's a tool that's immensely useful. It's not. It doesn't cost a lot of money, and it will give him ways to communicate to his customers, um, which will satisfy the government's requirement that you do not go and have lots of big meetings, yeah? Yes, For example, right. um, I'm, I'm betting that if, if we were to sit down with a sales team from a company that is worrying about this situation, we could come up with half a dozen ways that we can make our customers feel that we care about them. Yes. We've just talked about three, yeah? And I feel better already. Thank you very <laughs> much, Simon Littlewood. Okay.